Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. This is Jason. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be dealing with a with a topic today that's very difficult to try to explain in a 15-minute podcast. It's very difficult to try to explain in a two-hour podcast. It's very difficult to try to explain in a lifetime of Christian service. And that's going to be the fact that God is all-powerful. The fact that God is all-powerful, or if you wanted your your fundamental definition for that, it would be omnipotent. And um, as I try to try to discuss this on this podcast, my main goal behind this podcast is not to describe how powerful God is, but it's to give you an understanding that God is all-powerful, that you, as you read through your scriptures on a daily basis, you'll be able to see the all-powerful God demonstrated in scripture time and time and time again. He's a great, amazing, miracle-working God who is all-powerful. So I want to start out in the book of Matthew, chapter number 19, in verse number 26. The Bible says this, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So Jesus starts off here saying, hey, with man, with men, this is not, it's not even possible to believe that they're capable of doing this. But with God, all things are possible. Anything, anything that you can physically imagine in your mind, God can do. And understanding this, and we'll get into this a little later in the podcast, that God does not have to exert energy to be able to do the things that he does. He just very simply thinks about them or speaks them and they come to pass. He's an all-powerful God. He has everything in control. Nothing ever occurred to him. Nothing is ever going to sneak up behind him. Nothing is ever going to be out of his control because he's always in control because he's all-powerful. And with God, all things are possible. Then in the book of Luke, chapter number 1, in verse number 37, the Bible says this, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. So once again, we cover the point of understanding that anything that you can conceive in your mind and say that that's not possible, well, with God it is possible. Nothing shall be impossible. Of course, this in the book of Luke is talking about the virgin birth, which that seems that seems like it'd be impossible until you involve God in it. And when God is involved in anything, he can make anything possible. Why? Because he's God. Because he's all-powerful. And then switch over real quickly to the Old Testament. And we want to go to the book of Job, chapter number 42 and verse number 2. The book of Job, chapter number 42 and verse number 2. The Bible says this, and this is Job testifying about God. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Meaning what? Meaning God can do anything he wants to do. He can do anything he wants to do all by himself anytime he wants to do it. He doesn't have to ask our permission. He doesn't have to get a signed a signed document that says, okay, it's okay for you to do this. No, he can do everything, and he can do anything that he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. Um, we serve a God who doesn't sleep, slumber, tarry. He doesn't get sick. He doesn't need medicine. He's not, he's not on call. He doesn't get overloaded. He doesn't, 
believe it or not, God never even gets nervous. As you look at the world today and the situations that are going on, it can it can make a normal man. It makes me pretty nervous sometimes when I see the news or the things that are happening in the world. I see the wickedness of man and the fallacies of mankind. It it makes me a little nervous, I'll admit. But God's not nervous. God's not God's not up on up in heaven going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? He doesn't look over to some of the lower ranking angels and say, we've got a serious situation here that I've got to figure out how to address. No, he's already got it all addressed. He's a he's an all-powerful God. He's omnipotent. He's not, he's not limited by time or space. He's not limited by the way that we think. He, he is able and capable of doing anything that he wants to do any time that he wants to do it. And just like Job said, Thou canst do everything. He can do everything. He can do everything. He can be everywhere. He can perform anything. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Then let's skip back to the book of Genesis, chapter number 18 and verse number 14. Genesis chapter number 18 and verse number 14. The Bible says this, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, And Sarah shall have a son. Now, understand, if you understand the context of this, and if you don't understand the context, you need to go back later and read the book of Genesis, chapter number 18. And just real quickly, I just want to kind of give you some background. And this man named Abraham was promised a child by God. And he had a wife that was supposed to conceive this child. But his wife, Sarah, had got into into the 90s age-wise, and Abraham had got almost to 100 years old. And God came to Abraham and he said, you're going you're gonna, to now, you're going to receive this child that I've promised you. And Abraham said, there's, there's just no way this is possible. And God said this to, to Abraham. He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And it, if you look at the verse behind it, it's a question mark. He wants Abraham to answer what it is that's too hard for the Lord. And a lot of times in our lives, we look at situations, we look at circumstances, and that doesn't just involve physical infirmities of the flesh. It doesn't just involve burdens that we bear, whether that be our family or lost loved ones or somebody upset with us. It doesn't just involve a sickness that we're facing. It involves everything. And God said, hey, Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? With a question mark. Like he he wanted Abraham to answer it. He said, Abraham, you fill in the blank what's too hard for me. And I promise you this, it's not too hard for me. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And you know what happened? About nine months later, there was a baby boy crying in the tent. Why? Because of the all-powerful God. Because he's able to do anything that he wants to do. Job said he's able to do everything, and nothing is impossible to him, for him. And then let's go to the, to the um, book of Jeremiah, chapter number 32 and verse number 17. Jeremiah, chapter number 32 and verse number 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. Nothing too hard is what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah started off, he said, Ah, Lord God. He just got to looking around at what God had done. And it kind of reminds me in the book of Genesis chapter number 1, in verse number 1, which is where everything begins. Genesis 1 and 
Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, you want to talk about a great, powerful God. Why don't you just walk outside and take a look up at the sky? And you'll see how great and powerful He is. Everything that you see with your natural eye, God created. And could I say to you, there's some things that you can't see with your natural eye that God created too. Every star that's in the heavens, He created them. Every bird that flies through the sky, He created. Every tree that grows, He created. Every fruit that you see, He created. Every animal that differs one from another in so many different ways, He created. Go down to the depths of the sea, and you'll see what He created. Climb to the heights of the heavens, and you'll see what He created. Why? Because He's an all-powerful God. He's not limited by time or space. And if you read the book of Genesis, all the Bible says he had to do, the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. All he did was speak it. He didn't have to work hard. God, God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, but for an example for us. He wasn't wore out. He didn't say, whew, man, I tell you what, I didn't built the whole world in six days, and I'm going to have to get some rest, or I'm not going to be able to make it. No, he wasn't tired. All he did was say, let there be light. Let the earth bring forth fruit. Let the water bring forth life. And you know what? And the Bible says, and it was so. Why? Because he's an all-powerful God. The book of Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 17. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 17. And he, of course, that's talking about God, Jesus. And he is before all things. And by him... All things consist. You want to know what keeps your body together? God. You want to know what keeps the right balance of carbon dioxide and air in the air in the atmosphere? God. You want to know what keeps me the right distance from the sun? If we ever did a, a study on how much closer I could be to the sun or how much further away I could be from the sun, it'd be kind of scary when you get to realizing that just a few degrees of tilt on this earth, I would either freeze or fry. But God keeps that at the right distance. Why? Because by him, all things consist. You, you wonder why the ocean keeps coming in every night, why the tides rise and fall? Because of God. You want to know why volcanoes erupt? Because of God. You want to know why the stars fall out of heaven? Because of God. He Everything consists by Him. Your very breath, my very breath that we breathe, He provides for us. Why? Because He's an all-powerful God. In that, you can see not just His the fact that He's all-powerful, but the, the love and the care and concern He has for us day in and day out to be able to meet our needs. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're up against, realize that if God's on your side, you're in the majority. All it takes is you and God, and that makes a majority. Why? Because he's a miracle-working, everything-accomplishing God. And I just wanted to give you a few examples, a few examples here of God's power being demonstrated. In the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, the book of Exodus, chapter number 14, we find that God parted the Red Sea. He split that sea wide open, and... The Israelites marched through on dry ground. And when Pharaoh's army tried to come through, God slammed it shut on them and killed them all. That's his power demonstrated. He can split a sea. 
In the book of Joshua, chapter number 6, Joshua, chapter number 6, we see where the Israelites had came out of Egypt and they were going to, to fight Jericho. And God told them, he said, you just walk around the city. And you know what happened? And I don't have time, for time's sake, I don't have time to get in the store. If you got time, go to the book of Joshua, chapter number 6, and you'll see that the walls of the whole city fell down to the ground. He knocked down massive walls, fortified walls around the city. That's his power being demonstrated. In the book of Daniel, chapter number 3, you'll find three Hebrew boys who would not bow to the king's commandment, and the king threw them in a furnace of fire. And inside that fire, they got up and started walking around. Why? Because Jesus was in there with them walking around. God's power demonstrated in the fact that he can walk in the fire. The book of Job chapter number 1, and then the book of Job chapter number 42. It, of course, if you have any understanding of, of biblical knowledge at all, you understand that the book of Job, Job lost everything he had. Job had everything that a man could want. He lost it all. And then in the book of Job, chapter number 42, God gave him double what he had in the beginning. So I see God's power demonstrated in his ability to restore. No matter where you're at, God can fix the situation. Hey, if you're, if you're under the sound of my voice and you're lost and you're not saved, God can fix the situation. I promise you that. One step toward him and he'll run to greet you. Why? Because he's got power to re restore. His power is demonstrated throughout the whole Bible. The book of John, chapter number 6, we see Jesus walking on the water. You say, that's his power demonstrated? Yes, sir, that's his power demonstrated. You just go into a lake and start trying to walk across the water and see how far you make it. You won't make it one step because you don't have that power. But he had that power. His power is demonstrated. John, chapter number 11, we see that he had power over death. He raised Lazarus from the grave. He walked out into a graveyard and said, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot in grave clothes. And if you ever read your Bible and wonder why he said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he'd have just said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have got up. Why? Because his power is demonstrated over death. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing. There's never been a situation that he was, that he was messed up in. He's always been in control. And then the book of Isaiah, chapter number 14, in verses 12 through 16. Isaiah 14, in verses 12 through 16. And then Revelations, chapter number 20. Revelations, chapter number 20. We see his power demonstrated over Satan. The first time Satan had an uproar in heaven, God threw him out on his head. The next time you'll see Satan, he'll be cast into the lake of fire. Why? Because his power is demonstrated. And could I say to you that Satan is your greatest adversary today, but God handles him very swiftly and very easily. Why? Because he's an all-powerful God. Now, as you read through your Bible and as you study your Bible, think about how powerful he is every time you, every time you read through a gospel, you see his power demonstrated. Every time you read through an Old Testament story, you see his power demonstrated. It's demonstrated through the whole Bible. Why? Because he's an all-powerful God. I do want to thank you again for joining us today for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concern, you can forward them over to me at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And I'm still taking questions for the Sharpening the Sword podcast that'll be coming out soon. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.